Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Real Clear Politics Takeaway for Tuesday, September 13th. I'm Tom Bevan, co-founder and president of Real Clear Politics. And I'm Carl Cannon, Washington Bureau Chief. You're a little slow on the draw this morning, Carl. Yeah, I, I, I forgot what I was doing. <laughs> Get another Diet Coke in there. Um, primary day, Carl. The last primary uh, day of the season. This one's particularly late. We've got races. I mean, the big race, obviously, is New Hampshire, where Republicans are going to decide on who the nominee is going to be to take on Maggie Hassan, who is an incumbent who is in that category of vulnerable who race is considered a toss-up in our RCP rankings. It's one last time for this, you know, sort of establishment versus the MAGA movement. Um, you've got this uh, retired General Boldock, who's leading the polls there. I guess it's going to be the, a fitting coda to this entire primary season, which has been a test of, you know, the establishment versus the uh, the Trump wing of the party. Well, yeah, and it's been mixed results, but the last result is what we tend to remember. I mean, it's not quite like football where you're your beloved Seattle Seahawks um, dodged a bullet on the last play of the game. We'll so get to that. In, but, <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I was thinking about New Hampshire in another way today. So they, they go last in the primary calendar on the Senate and then first in the presidential calendar. And they guard that jealously. So like 16 months from now, we'll be back it, it, less than that. Like a year from now, all these candidates were, will be back in New Hampshire campaigning for president for 2024. I mean, it's, it's wild. It is wild. So we will see the results uh, in New Hampshire later tonight. Again, yeah, we talk about that, and we talk about that Thursday. We'll, we'll know the winner. It's not like Alaska; they won't take. They weeks will to not take weeks. And again, it's you know, Balduck leads in the in the polls. We and we don't have a lot of data here. We've got a couple polls in the month of August. Um, he's up thirty seven point five in our real clear politics average uh, versus Morse, who's the who's in the state senate, and he's got nineteen percent. And then three kind of lower tier candidates who are all below 5%. So it's basically a two person race, the proxy battle, and we'll see. And either one of these candidates are in, you know, early returns are, you know, competitive against Maggie Hassan. She's at 45.7 against Bolduck up four points. But again, not a lot of data. Yeah. And New Hampshire is one of the states in our, of the eight, of the eight Senate races that we have as toss ups four Democrats and four Republicans Three of those are vacant seats. Uh, the only Republican incumbent we have in that is Ron Johnson. But Maggie sounds in that group of the four Democrats who you know are in toss-up toss races. Right. Let's talk about real quickly. I want to mention this story because we were talking about earlier on the air or off the air. The Department of Justice has sort of escalated the January 6th investigation and has issued, the New York Times reported yesterday, 40 subpoenas and seized the cell phones of two of Trump supporters. These are all sort of Trump allies, Trump supporters. Tucker Carlson had a monologue on this last night. He had someone on his show who, you know, it's not even wasn't even in D.C. on January 6th. The sort of tangentially related had three FBI agents show up at her door armed asking to, you know, see her social media posts. And I mean, we are seven weeks, I think, now away from the uh, election, the midterm election. Now, I understand that none of these people who have been charged are on the ballot in the same way that, uh, you know, Hillary Clinton was back in 2016. And by the way, these subpoenas were issued right in the aftermath of Joe Biden's speech in Philadelphia, where he stood up there in that sort of red backdrop with the Marines at, standing at attention and declared you know, the MAGA movement to be a threat to democracy. I mean, this seems like a coordinated effort uh, on the part of the Biden administration, the Justice Department, 
to ramp up this this investigation um, just in advance of the midterm elections? Um, Tom, I don't quite see it that way. I'll be honest with you. Um, Joe Biden has sworn up and down, and Merrick Garland has too, that the Justice Department, he said this like, you know, he said this actually on January 7th, the day after the January 6th riots. He said that the that the under Merrick Garland, the Justice Department would be independent of the White House. It's it's almost ahistoric to me and, and not necessarily even the right understanding of the Constitution to have this like it's a fourth branch of government or something. But he has said he's independent from that, that the White House is. And I, I know no reason not to take them at their word on that. So that suggests a, another issue that you've got this, that, that the FBI is doing this on their own, that with, that, excuse me, the justice is doing that and the FBI is cooperating. And I don't necessarily either see that it has anything to do with the midterm elections, but I'll take a step back. It's, it's troubling to me in another way. This, this criminalizing of politics is, it's, it's an unsettling development to me. And the, the same people who, during the summer, these riots and, you know, torching businesses you know, in hundred cities in America and threatening police departments and, you know, and these same Democratic Party leaders say, well, people need have a right to protest. And, and Joe Biden personally, you know, supported this right to protest. But now this whole mega movement, this, if you were in Washington on January 6th, even if you didn't slug a police officer, do anything, even occupy the Capitol, somehow you're part of a coup attempt. That's a that's a double standard that is so stunning. I'd I'd like our brothers and sisters in the media to to just take a step back and look what what's being done here. Um, the, there was another Justice Department filing yesterday, though. Uh, the Justice Department seemed to say it signaled without saying so exactly directly that the Trump suggested a special master to go through these documents sees at Mar-a-Lago would be acceptable to to, to him. He's, it was a retired federal judge from New York. I'd not heard of, but he must be an impressive person if both the the, the uh, Biden Justice Department and, and Trump's legal team find him acceptable. So that was one minor positive development, Tom. <laughs> Some agreement on the special master. So you don't think there's any connection, coordination. This is just the Justice Department doing, doing their Justice Department thing and that they're, you know, ramping up this probe weeks before an election that's not connected at all. I, I don't I don't see a political development, Tom, but what I'm saying is the problem I see is worse than that and more encompassing that. My concern is actually the opposite of yours, that they're not paying any attention to the to the broader political implications of criminalizing dissent. That's my worry. I don't think you can operate in this environment. Anyone can operate in this environment, whether it's the Supreme Court, you know, uh, John Roberts spoke earlier, was talking about the, you know, undermining the legitimacy of the court. Uh, if you're a leader of any department, any government department, you can't think about your actions without looking at them through a political lens and and sort of evaluating, okay, how is this going to be seen? We are an evenly divided country. We are in many ways a country that is seemingly at each other's throats on a whole host of issues. And so it's it just seems weird to me that you know, I mean, it seems like everything Tom, is. Tom, being- have you ever, Tom, have you ever actually met an FBI agent? I mean, they they can be pretty narrow minded, pal. I'm not talking about the rank and file. I'm talking about the the sort of leadership when when these kinds of decisions are are given the green light. The raid on Mar-a-Lago is a perfect example. I mean, there's no way that the Justice Department couldn't sit down. Merrick Garland couldn't or shouldn't, you know, sit down and say, okay. 
do we want to do this? And what are the pros and cons of doing this? And why would, you know, how is this going to be received by the country? Is it going to be, uh, you know, is this a step we really want to take? We need to take, we should take given, uh, you know, the, the political environment in the country and how's it going to affect that? Well, I, uh, well, I agree with that, Tom, but I, what I, I guess what I'm saying is you, your con- the initial concern you expressed is that you're worried that they're doing this for political reasons, that they're, they're uh, and partisan political reasons is the implication there. My concern is that they aren't considering the politics of it. So I, I think they should. I Look, I don't know what was in those documents that Donald Trump took to Mar-a-Lago. My, my guess is that they were not they were not documents that compromised American national security. I've been through that in my whole career. You know, that people just slap a classified document and then you can never see it. And when you finally do see it, it was pretty mundane. So I don't necessarily trust what I've read and heard and what the FBI has even said about this. Um, having said that, I just, you know, this thing has gotten out of hand in a way that you would have expected what you said. You'd have expected an attorney general to think, all right, that's not where we want to go. Um, the other side, the other side of that argument is that if we're a country of laws, no one is above the law. And if Donald Trump and his supporters are threatening to, you know, go haywire, if the FBI does what, you know, it's normal document retrieval things, uh, then we're being blackmailed by a guy who, 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 who bent the norms and is daring us, daring the law enforcement to deal. I, with I mean, it. that's the other, that's the counter argument. Okay. Well, those are two separate issues to me. There's the Mar-a-Lago thing in the documents, and then there's the January 6th stuff and, and subpoenaing people who weren't even in DC and all of that. So whatever, we've beaten that horse to death this morning. Let's, let's, we got about 30 seconds left. I want to know what you think. <laughs> Seattle Seahawks, 1-0, baby. Monday night, beat Russell Wilson on his return home on the back of a really controversial decision. So this 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 uh, rookie head coach sends out the kicker, runs the clock down to 20 seconds, takes the time. He has all three timeouts left, takes the timeout, and then puts in his kicker to kick a 64-yard field goal, be the second longest field goal in NFL history, as opposed to putting the ball in the hands of his Hall of Fame quarterback that they just paid $245 million to lure away from, from Seattle to get five yards. What would you yeah, have done? I, Tom, you know, well, I, full disclosure, um, I, I was rooting for this. I had no money on the game. I was rooting for the Seahawks because you like the Seahawks and my brother who passed away a few years ago, loved the Seahawks. So I was kind of pulling, but I sold beer in Denver Broncos stadium in college. <laughs> uh, so there's a fun fact. I kind of I have that, not, I've known you a long time. I didn't, I yeah. never knew that. <laughs> yeah. So I had, a, I have, I have some residual. Is that what you pronounce Broncos, it? Curse? So watched, curse. 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 <laughs> yeah. So I, um, it's no downstream beer. Anyway. So I was watching this game with with neutral interest, almost the way I cover politics, and I found that that was that was as inexplicable to me as Hillary Clinton not going to Wisconsin in 2016. <laughs> Out of way to tie it up with a political bow, Cannon. I love it. All right, we'll leave it there for this morning. I'm Tom Bevan, co-founder and president of RCP, and I'm Carl Cannon, Washington bureau chief. And this has been the Real Clear Politics Takeaway for Tuesday, September 13th, 2022.